ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. to the Roto World Basketball Show. I'm Vaughn Delzell, joined alongside Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports, Raphael Johnson of NB Sports, and including a special guest, Adam King of FBI Basketball. And Adam learned very quickly that we are a hat-only program here. Adam, <laughs> if you didn't wear a hat, Raphael was coming over to choke you out like Draymond, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably don't have the selection of hats that, that most of you guys have, but I only have a few. But uh, I thought a Wolves one would be relevant. Yeah. <laughs> good call. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point because I mean, there's a lot to talk about today. I mean, I see Dan Rock in the Sixers hat. You know, he's gonna sprinkle him some Tyrese Maxey fifty burger talk today. Uh, you know, I gotta talk about Tyrese Ma- Halle Burn because he's got the yo-yo uh, looking like the young Chris Paul there. And I know we have a lot to cover, so I definitely want to j- dive in. Um, we might as well start with some Warriors Timberwolves talk. I mean, it was a fun time watching that game. Obviously, we know Draymond wanted the beef with Rudy Gobert for a long time. But uh, gentlemen, thoughts? Wrath, I'll start with you because I know you were excited when you saw that. I mean, I guess it was kind of funny to watch <laughs> because I, th- I feel like the social media definition of like a melee or a scuffle is a lot different than what i have it's like nobody actually threw hands or anything so it's like okay people had to be ejected i get that but it wasn't like this groundbreak it wasn't like the 90s you know like nick's bulls and, and stuff like that but draymond i think in a serious note he's been ejected from two of their last three games um if you're someone who's as important to their roster as he is you know, we can go back to last training camp as to disputes about his importance and what that led to. Um, don't you think you want to stay on the court? You know, so I think that's the big thing. I couldn't imagine being a prop better and having one of those guys who was ejected two minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. I would be furious about that. But I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is that you're a supposed leader. Um, you, you influence the game in ways outside of scoring points. You got to be better than that. You know, I know he's been waiting to get his hands on Rudy for a couple of years now, but you have to be better than that. It hasn't been the first time that Draymond's been injected within 10 seconds and cost people some money. Uh, we know that. He's also exited <laughs> games while being hurt. Yeah. Uh, but as you said, he's been waiting for a couple of years. He did tweet out when Rudy Gobert was upset he didn't make the All-Star game in 2019. Draymond, quote, unquote, I guess I should cry too. No Charlotte crying emojis and equal dollar hopped in. 
he gonna cry in the car question mark uh adam what do you think about uh just i guess the scuffle obviously it was no malice in the palace like people were acting like on social but uh and the state of the warriors they're finally winning on the road but the state of golden state is still not a very positive one right now uh it's not no and, and no i mean it's nothing like the 90s but i think if you look at today's game it, it's i mean it was pretty full-on like if, if yeah. because you're not allowed to do anything in today's game. So, uh, and, and as we, I mean, as we saw, he targeted him. He went straight after him. Um, and yeah, look, having watched Draymond live, I mean, I'm sure you guys might have watched him live. I watched him live in, in New Orleans, and it really just confirmed to me that he, he just complained. Like you watch him on TV, it looks like he complains a lot. He complains more if you can watch him live, so you can see him away from the ball and everything. All he does is complain. Um, yeah, look, maybe he just, he figured, look, Steph's not playing tonight, so I don't want to play either. So I'm just going to find any excuse I can to get out of the game. Um, it really didn't surprise me, but it will be interesting to see what the punishment is. Um, mm -hmm. There's probably a, uh, a group of people who think he should be suspended for 15 or 20 games. I don't think that'll happen. Um, I think it might be three, maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, it, might, it might just be a fine. Who knows? The NBA are pretty pretty weird and what they do with their fines. And I mean, yeah, we've got guys who are doing a lot worse off the court who are coming back very shortly to play. So we'll, yes. we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. No names mentioned, but um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens, but I hope he does get a suspension, but I wasn't surprised at all. Sorry. Don't, don't be scared to mention names, Adam, because we've covered that player already and the other ones <laughs> yeah. too. And we'll probably end up covering them today, but uh, the Warriors have lost four straight five of the last six and uh, those four or the last three losses have all been at home, which is very intriguing for the Warriors. But uh, Dan, definitely touch on the subject and get us into Tyrese Maxey's 50 burger and uh, kind of talk about the Sixers and what you think about Tobias Harris and Bede and company. So the last time a Timberwolf got choked out, it was Ben Simmons choking out Carl <laughs> Anthony Town. So I don't know what it is where wow. the players just think that they can just choke out the big men of the, of the Minnesota Timberwolves. But um, yeah, I feel like, you know, from an emotional standpoint, this, these, those two teams faced each other a couple of days ago, and there's a lot of jawing between Draymond and Anthony Edwards. So I think that there's probably some competition, you know, if they play each other in the playoffs, like, I feel like this was probably a move for Draymond to say, like, I can kind of, I see who's backing who here. Cause Carl Anthony Towns is waiting around. He could have interjected, but he didn't. So I don't know. That could have been some mind, mind games being played in the long term, but Short term, it sucks for fantasy purposes because, like, Draymond's definitely going to be suspended for a few games. And I agree with Kingy. It's not going to be, like, some crazy suspension. But, like, there's at least precedence here for Draymond Green doing antics to get him suspended. And Joe Dumars has already addressed it. That's how, you know, why he was suspended for the amount of games he was last time he did something. Like, what do you do, step on Sabonis? So, mm -hmm. you know, the, the guy's got a history of this stuff. So it's got to be reprimanded at some point. Um but I don't think it's going to be a long-term absence or, or whatever. But switching gears, let's talk about some Sixers, man. Like, even though they lost last night, like Tyrese Maxey, um, that was an awesome game in general. Like watching these two guards just go at it. Like the two best guards, in my opinion, in the Eastern Conference, Maxey and Halliburton. Halliburton got the best of them. He seems to just have – he just loves playing the Sixers, man. He's torched them the last three times they played. But um, going back to the 50-point game, though, man, I think we're just seeing him maxi emerge as like one of the best guards in in the eastern conference and i don't think it's a surprise to anyone in the fantasy community like i think it was just a matter of like get james harden out of the way and watch this guy ball out and that's pretty much what's happening yeah. i think the surprise to me is like what he's doing defensively 
Um, he got three blocks in that game, and I think he's been a pretty consistent blocker right now. Like, I think a lot, a lot of people were wondering who's going to be the SGA of this year, and I think it's Tyrese Maxey because he was going right around the same spot in that fourth round. Some people, if you drafted early, you probably could have got him in the fifth round, um, but he's looking like he's going to be, you know, top 20 player rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, 20.4 points per game. He's uh, He's had – Double the assistance last season. He averaged 3.5. He's at seven assists now. So we kind of talked about him, though, for weeks and saying, well, as soon as Harden gets traded, I mean, the stock on Max is going to skyrocket. And he's been nothing but make us sound smart. But it was the obvious, <laughs> obvious thing to say at the time. Adam, I'm sure you're very high on Maxi as well. Uh, you know, his fantasy impact also impacts other guys like Tobias Harris, who has also been impacted by Kelly Oubre because he's absent. Uh, so right now, what do you think about the state of the Sixers in terms of fantasy and uh, anybody you're looking at on this team, whether it's the waiver wire? No, look, I mean, I think we, with Embiid, we know what we're getting. So, no, we don't really need to talk about him. Maxi, uh, Zach Anshu and I talked about Maxi on my show yesterday and, and discussing whether we think he can be a first rounder rest of season. Um, we were both of the opinion that he probably can, he, uh, whether he will. Um, but... And yeah, as Dan said, I mean, he we we likened this to the SGA situation from last year as well, um, but a little bit different in that I think people were hesitant on SGA last year because of injury. It wasn't because we'd mm-hmm. seen him produce at that level prior. We hadn't seen it from Maxi, and and he sort of gained. I, I'm really annoyed I didn't draft him actually this season because we we could have seen this coming, um, yeah. and we we should have seen it coming, and there was no reason really to be sleeping on him. Uh, so no, look, I I think he's he's in for a big season. Tobias Harris has been really good um, quietly, as he usually does. He just plugs along. He doesn't do anything outlandish, but puts up good numbers. Uh, he did this last season. He started as a top fifty, top sixty player for the first few months. So with no Kelly Oubre there, they need a third scorer. So it's going to be Tobias Harris. Um, the only other one really is Anthony Melton there, who who's been pretty slow to start the season, but was good yesterday. Um, I've had plenty of people asking, is he a drop? Do I Should I look to trade him? The answer is no. We we know exactly what he can do. It's just, it's been an efficiency issue, which is what you have, what you want to look at with anyone that's slumping to start the season. If it's simply that they can't hit a shot, just wait, because they're NBA players. They're very good. They're going to figure things out. Um, and, and Melton will do that. And he's got, he does everything else uh, outside of scoring to keep his value going. So, yeah, all of those guys, I think, are going to be must-roster all season, um, probably top 100 players. Yeah, Melton definitely is a good call, too, because Raphael was someone that was hitting on him uh, a few weeks ago, and we were talking about the Maxi Harden situation. And just quickly touching on Tobias Harris, uh, for the prop people, he has six games of 10-plus combined rebounds and assists. Uh, so obviously that's very influential in fantasy, too, but – He's been playing really well. So, uh, Rath, going back to the point that Dan and Adam both talked about a little bit with Maxi kind of being that SGA-type situation, what is the ceiling for Maxi? Like points per game, assists per game, like what can he touch alongside Embiid? Ooh, I don't know if I have exact numbers, but I think he can be a first-round player uh, rest of the season just because of his role within that system um, and as well as he's played. I think – it wasn't just getting James Harden out of there. Let's be honest. It was getting Doc Rivers out of there too, because I don't think yeah. there is like a concrete approach to, to Maxi's position within the rotation. Um, that's changed with Nick Nurse um, and also, you know, getting James Harden out. Um, 
the funny thing about last night's game is that you remove Maxi, Melton, Embiid, and Harris. No other 76ers scored more than two points. So with no Kelly Oubre for the foreseeable future, I don't really think you can even stream anyone else. I think Nicholas Batum started out as that. That guy, it was as he was the starter, but now he's going to miss a second straight game for personal reasons. Robert Covington only played 16 minutes last night. I don't really trust Daniel House or Marcus Morris either. So it's pretty much a feast or famine type deal in terms of fantasy value on that roster right now. Yeah. Dan, do you want to uh, touch on that a little bit since that is your team? Because that sounds bad. I mean, come on, bro. I mean, that it was a tough game. They're still trying to, I think Nick Nurse is still trying to figure out who he wants to plug in there. Um, and I think we saw Paul Reed get more minutes, obviously, with Batum out. Covington, KJ Martin made an appearance for a short time. So I think it's just a matter of like Nick Nurse trying to field out all the parts that he has and, and trying to fit, establish that rotation. Because usually he does run a tight ship anyway. Um, so I think it's about who's going to emerge out of those guys that just came over via trade versus what he already has in house. So I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not running to the waiver wires as, as Raf and Kingy suggested. Like there's not many people that are going to benefit here, but I would say if you're in a shallow league, look at D'Anthony Melton. Cause in Yahoo, he's only 65% roster. So that's, that's actually, he's probably out there on waivers in shallow leagues. Yeah. You could probably find some value there. I, I like the looks. I mean, I think Philadelphia is definitely going to get better offensively with the bench players right now, but it's, it's hard to see that for a foreseeable future. Like Raf said without uh, Kelly Oubre, who, was playing very, very well through the first you know, five or six games of the season. Uh, let's touch on two more guys before we talk about my Chicago Bulls and the trade rumors that swirl around us tanking. Let's go. But uh, I want to talk about Tyrese Halliburton, Adam, and Obi Toppin. Uh, Obi Toppin's pretty interesting. He scored 27 points. Uh, he's kind of now on everybody's radar because we're thinking, is he starting to figure it out a little bit here? Uh, what do you think about Obi? Uh, look, I mean, I like him. I, I bought I bought his jersey when I was overseas, so um, I, I like him as a player. In terms of fantasy, I'd need to see more before we sort of say, okay, he's figured things out, this is his role, because, I mean, prior to that, he'd only scored double figures five times this season. Um, he's not doing a lot on the defensive end. Uh, his minutes have, have sort of fluctuated anywhere from, from sort of 15 up to 30. So I don't think we're there yet in terms of him as a as a must roster player, but he is starting. And Jarris Walker hasn't really done anything. That was sort of the discussion that coming coming into the season is would it be Jarris Walker or Obi Toppin? Jarris Walker hasn't really been given an opportunity yet. So I do think Toppin is that starter, and and it's probably a case of if he's playing well, he'll play more minutes. If if he's not playing well, um, they'll probably drag him off a little bit. And I, and I think if you look at last night's game, Jalen Smith only played a couple of minutes um, and he's been playing 20 minutes a night and has been really good for them as well. So I think that factored into top and playing more minutes is Jalen Smith wasn't available. So look, take a flyer on him if, if you like, but I, I'm not convinced yet that, that he's figured this out and, and he's going to be must roster the rest of the season. I like some of those names you mentioned. Definitely guys worth keeping in our back pocket there. And Obi Toppin to me too, I agree. I haven't seen enough to believe in him on the court, whether it's fantasy, whether it's betting, or uh, you know just making a three-pointer in a game I'm watching. Uh, no offense, Obi, but I can't make threes either. But Rath, uh, talk about a little bit about Obi Toppin and maybe Tyrese Halliburton. Are we, are we thinking Tyrese Halliburton 
is going to lead the NBA in assists for sure because right now he's at 12 and a half per game, only 2.1 turnovers and potential assists. A number I love, he's at 21 per game. Yeah, his two games in Philadelphia were ridiculous. Um, 32 assists, not a single turnover. Um, you know, not to bring up Charlotte again since they're a pretty sore point on this <laughs> podcast, but we heard their head coach make excuses for a guy who committed eight turnovers last night. So it's like, I think that kind of underlines just how good of a player Indiana has in Halliburton. Um, yeah, I, I'm not really expecting anyone else to catch him for the assist title. Uh, maybe, I don't even know about an SGA just because of how much he's asked to score within that system. And Chris Paul's coming off the bench. So I think that kind of takes him out of the equation. Yeah, I think it's Halliburton's title to lose. I don't know what the NBA record is for assist to turnover ratio in a whole season. But I'd be interested to watch that throughout the year because Halliburton really doesn't have many games where he racks up three or four turnovers, much less get, you know, above five. So, yeah, I think he's going to be an assist champion. And I think he could potentially be a top five fantasy player, too. And that's not really saying a great deal controversially either. No, I, I agree with that completely. He's been awesome. He has seven games out of 10 with 20 plus points already, shooting nearly 53 percent from the field, too. And uh, Dan, talking about points off assists from him and his, from his teammates, he's accounting for 33.6 points, uh, not including himself. So that's that's ridiculous. Uh, what are your thoughts on Halle Burton? And uh, we say he's a top five type of player. Where did you draft Halle Burton? And I want to go around the room, too, and say if we were redrafting Tyrese Maxey, where's he going and how close is he to Halle Burton? Um. <clears throat> So Halliburton, easily top five guy. Um, I think I had a, a, a quite a few situations where I had to pick him or Jason Tatum. I think I chose Tatum four out of the five times. I'm probably regretting that a little bit, but I still feel really good about <laughs> Jason Tatum because he's going to play a lot of games and he's been yeah. an MVP caliber player. So I'm not really that mad at it. But um, Tyrese Halliburton, I saw some discussions uh, on, on Twitter yesterday, like how high could he be drafted next year? And I think he's actually knocking on the door of top three, like with the assists and the lack of turnovers, especially for category leagues, for what he does efficiently and he plays defense, like he does everything for fancy. And I think you talked about in the beginning of the show, Vaughn, he's like Chris Paul, like he is Chris Paul. And Chris Paul was a top 10 first rounder for, you know, over a decade. So, um, you know, I think Halliburton's ceiling is extremely high. He's one of the best point guards in the league. And I think he's starting to become that right now. Um, want to go back to Obi Toppin for a second. I thought it was funny that Kingy brought up um, he's only gone over 10-plus points in five games. Ironically, those five games happened against all teams that were top 10 in pace. So if you're going to stream Obi Toppin, look at pace. If they're, you know, if they're top 10 in pace, Obi Toppin's probably going to get a game because he runs up the floor. He's a good rim runner. Um, but other than that, I would probably avoid that whole situation. Him, Aaron Neesmith, that power forward position is just kind of ugly right now. So... And Indiana and Indiana's run a really deep rotation. So Rick Carlisle can bench you one day and play you the next. So just avoid that. Um, back to Maxi. I would say Maxi, if I would draft him again, I would probably say the beginning of the second round, I think is is fair. Like I'd put him in that Booker Anthony Edwards territory. Um where would I displace? I'd probably displace like Lillard, Durant, Lamella Ball. Um so maybe he would, maybe he does sneak into the back end of the first, but yeah, he's had to leap over quite a considerable amount of people um, for category leagues and 
points leagues, he's like ranked sixth right now. So or actually seventh. So, I mean, he's legitimately a top, top 10 in points leagues. Yeah, no, I, I, that sounds about where I would say. I thought I, I would get top 10 out of one of you guys. I'm hoping Wrath goes with me. But Wrath, I looked up a stat that may – and he said no. Uh, we looked up a stat that maybe uh, is what you were looking for. Last year, or in two, yeah, 2022, Tyus Jones set the least assists for every turnover, and mm-hmm. that was 7.04. Um, I couldn't find you exact number for most assists to lowest uh, turnovers, but that's the yeah. best I could do you for right now. Okay, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it may be tough for Halliburton to reach that just because of the sheer volume um, in, in terms of how much he plays compared to Tyus Jones a couple of years ago. But, yeah, in terms of Maxi, I think I would go second round. Um, maybe it, I think if you get him at that round two slash round three turn, that would be like where I'd really like to have him. But I don't think I would go too much higher than that. Is great. He's been outstanding thus far, but – I don't think that calls for like a first round overreaction, in my opinion. Overreactions. It's very common in this field. Adam, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, look, I agree. I, th- I think ideally at that, probably in that range that Desmond Bain was going, he was going in, mm-hmm. in sort of that 20 to 25 sort of range. Um, I think we had a chat yesterday of whether you'd rather uh, Tyrese Maxey or Paul George rest of season, and both Zach and I said Tyrese Maxey. Um, just because of we know Paul George, the injury risk, the whole Harden thing, that, that's a whole other podcast. But it's, uh, yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see where he goes next season and because people always overreact, as you said. And, and so is he, next season are people going to go, no, nah, he's a first rounder, he's a lock to be top 10 next season. So I don't know. Um, that's still a long way off. But but I think there and, and on Halliburton, yeah, look, I, I couldn't agree more with the guys he, he, he was amazing to watch live. I was at the game where he went off for 40, 40 something points and he hit, he, he would, he just couldn't miss from three. Um, he's, he's such a heads up player. He, he, and, and he doesn't turn the ball over. I could see him being top three. And if, if, and when the paces are in that title discussion or that top four in the East discussion, he, he'll be in the MVP discussion. He has to be. Yeah, I, I haven't got to see Halle Burton live. I'm sure some of his passes are incredible to witness. Uh, you mentioned a couple of games that you've already seen or players you've seen live in person. What games did you just go see and where were you? Because I haven't been to an NBA game in a minute, so you're going to probably spark my interest to get out there and watch some hoops live. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd never been to an NBA game, so we made really? the most of we'd made the most of our trip, um, and so we went to New Orleans first. Uh, we got this is the shirt that they gave out because we were there on opening night. Um, so I managed to get one and I managed to nab one off another chair for my brother. So he was happy about that. <laughs> uh, so we saw them play the Knicks. That was a blowout. Um, we saw them play the Warriors. That was where we saw Draymond um, and the Warriors won that one. Uh, then we headed over to Boston and watched Celtics play the Pacers. Uh, and that just going to TD Garden itself was an mm-hmm. experience. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's an amazing arena. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I was... I spoke about it on my show, but I had some bad mushrooms. Not not mushrooms, mushrooms. Actual <laughs> mushrooms in a pasta dish. Mushrooms are real mushrooms. So yeah, just about. real mushrooms. So we went. Uh, Alex Reclean, who, who who you guys know, yeah. he, he took us out for lunch, and um, yeah, that maybe the mushrooms weren't cooked properly in my pasta dish, but it, it made for an interesting evening. Uh, 
spent, we managed to get to the game, but but it was it was a little disrupted. Um, so we saw them play the Pacers. We went and watched the Bruins play the following night. Uh, and I I've never even watched a hockey game on TV, so going to a hockey game was was pretty cool. Um, it went into penalty shootout, I think. So it was it, it was a good one to go. My friend assured me that this doesn't happen a lot, so it was yeah. it yeah. was good to go to a close game. Um, you see a fight? Against, pardon? Was there a fight? No, not really. Oh. No, no. <laughs> you saw almost was, everything but that, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it was apparently they played Toronto, so apparently that's a bit of a rivalry. And so, yeah. no, there wasn't a fight. Um, there were some big hits, that sort of thing. Um, but, but yeah, no fight. Uh, so we went and saw that. We went And then we went to Indiana and we watched the Pacers play uh, Charlotte, San Antonio and Utah. So I got to see Wemby uh, live, which was pretty incredible. Um, just yeah. watching his pregame and his warm-up, it's, he's just from another planet. Um, so all the all the games were fun. Unfortunately, we didn't get a lot of close games. We got a lot of blowouts. Uh, yeah. The one in Boston beat Indiana by 50. But no, unlike the other two arenas, no one left in Boston. Like They stay mm-hmm. till the end and... I think the cheers and the, and the reactions are even louder when Peyton Pritchard and Sam Hauser are going off. Um, so, so that was really fun. So, I mean, as a trip, the trip as a whole was was really cool and um, very eye opening. And and watching NBA live is very different to watching it on TV. That sounds amazing. You got the entire like cross country trip. Seeing Wemby yeah. in his rookie season is something like you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, so that's awesome. I have two questions to ask you. Uh, actually, one, because as someone who's gone to hockey games, how long did it take you to adjust to seeing the puck? That was my concern because I've yeah. seen, uh, like, we see highlights and stuff on TV here, obviously, and I can never see the puck. So that was my concern is how am I actually going to know what's going on? It was a lot easier yeah, in, in real life. And we were up the back. We weren't close by any means, but within within a minute one or two minutes i could follow the puck and and understand because i still don't get all the rules but where they hit the puck around the back all the time like use the barriers for the for the puck to travel around so once i figured out what they were doing i could actually follow where it was going so it was a lot easier um a little bit like i mean you guys probably aren't super familiar with australian rules football or afl football Mm -hmm. over here Watching it on TV and watching it live is totally different. It's so much better live because you can watch everything that's happening, whereas if you watch it on TV, the camera can only be in one spot at one time. So um, it was, yeah, it was a lot better live than on TV. What was your favorite city that you visited? Uh, they're all very different. Um, Indiana was really spaced out. There weren't many people, yeah. um, very flat. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, it was. Smelled it. Which is sort of what I expected. I, I, that's why I picked Indiana because a lot of a lot of basketball history there as well. Yeah. So their team shop was the best team shop of the three because they had a whole heap of uh, vintage stuff and throwback stuff. Uh, Rick Smith's jerseys, which I love to that's see tight. anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> So, so Boston, Boston was probably our favourite city. It had a really good mixture. It had really, it, it was different depending on where you went in the city. Um, and and New Orleans was 
an experience. Uh, it was. <laughs> we, did, you, did you make it to Bourbon Street? We did. Uh, we went in the middle of the day. We walked. We walked one direction. We walked the other direction, and we left. So we yeah. didn't stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can say that we've done it. Yeah. But it, it wasn't. Maybe if I was twenty, it would have been different. But two <laughs> dudes in their mid forties. Uh, it was just too overwhelming. So we, we just left. But other areas of New Orleans, like we went out to the Garden District and, and that sort of thing, they were amazing, the houses out there. Um, so, no, we, we liked all three. And, and probably the highlight for me, even though I don't watch baseball, was going to Fenway Park. Um, we went and did a tour out there. And just the, the history, we had a guy, the guy that did our tour was had a thick Boston accent, which is what we wanted. We wanted someone yes. who was like, yes. and obviously been doing this job for 30 years or something. So that tour and the way he talked about the Red Sox and the history and the curse of the Bambino and all that stuff was was pretty amazing. Like that, I really enjoyed that. I wasn't sure whether I would, but but it was a lot of fun. No, yeah, Boston is one of my favorite cities. My brother's lived there for the last three years, so – I've gone there. I've gone to Celtics games. I got to see Celtics versus Warriors on my birthday uh, a year ago. And, you know, it's just yeah, – you. Agree, I agree with you. When Sam Hauser's hitting a three, the, the Garden's like Penn State versus Michigan. It's like, why is everyone more excited than the other play? Uh, but, yeah. yeah, it's a great city too. I still want to go out to New Orleans, so I'm hoping that I can, uh, I can do that too. But we'll have to bring you back and go to a Chicago Bulls game sometime. But you won't be seeing DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine, Adam. I'll no, be telling I won't. you that. <laughs> but we'll be talking about that on the other side of this promo here. Make sure you guys check us out, Amazon.com backslash NBC Sports. You can find all the NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music, Fantasy, Betting. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. What have you. And we're going to talk about some injuries before we talk about scheduling because Dan is the scheduling king. He's dropping the sprinkles and the tidbits. But uh, let's start with my Chicago Bulls. Adam. DeMar DeRozan, I don't know how you feel about Chicago Bulls, but me being a fan, you know, I'm very radical of this, this team, but I'm ready for the tank. I'm ready for the draft position. I want a Wemby-like guy in the future, but we're not going to get him. Uh, what do you think about the rumors of the Lakers, the Sixers, and the Heat all being linked to Zach Levine? Do you feel like he could fit any of those teams? Yeah, look, I think he could. Uh, I think as a Bulls fan, and it sounds like you're on board with the tank, um, it needs to be done. It probably needed to be done two years ago. 
they've just been sort of stuck in mediocrity for feels like forever. And 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 I I'm not a Bulls fan, but Jordan was the man for me growing up. Um, so so I do like the Bulls. Rodman was my favourite player ever. Uh, hence the Twitter handle of '91. Um, so <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think. I think he'd fit. He'd, he'd go and make those teams better. Um, he's still got a lot left in the tank. Uh, I think, yeah, I, th- I think they just need to move off him. Basically, do what Washington has done. Um, maybe do it a little bit better. But uh, yeah, it's go down that path. Of, okay, Washington is a whole other level. Oh, oh, it is. It is. I mean, at least they've at least they've gone in that direction. Whether yeah. uh, I think they're going to be there for a while, but. Yeah, the, it was it was a bit unfortunate with the Bulls because I think when when Lonzo was there for that two months that he was playing, they looked good and and they built mm. that team around having mm. Lonzo as their point guard. And when they lost him, they lost defense, they lost three point shoot, like they lost so much. And and I think that gets overlooked. Um, but as we know, Lonzo probably isn't coming back anytime soon, if ever. So yeah, look, I think it's time to move on. Um, Vucevic is another piece that they could look to trade at, at some point. He's been really good again this season, just like plugging along at top 30 value like he always does. Uh, so, no, I, I do think they need to move on um, and, and just say, okay, it's time to tear it down and get some draft picks. Yeah, DeRozan's out the next game, personal reasons, but he wants to see where the state of his team is. He's on an expiring deal. think he'll yeah. be gone. I think Vucevic is shipped too. Not much more that he can really offer this team, in my opinion. Don't compare us to the Wizards because if we sign TJ McConnell, I will be in tears. Uh, it will be getting bad. Uh, Dan, can Zach Levine fit into the Heat culture? What can he get in return? Because I wrote down a couple guys that I would like in return as a Bulls fan for Zach Levine. Let me hear what you think about this. But obviously, Tyler Hero is off the table. I mean, I don't think we're going to get Tyler Hero. So the Heat kind of, I don't know what would be good for them. The Lakers, give me Rui. Give me Cam Reddish, Austin Reeves, one of those three. I'd be content, and if you can get a mix of either Oubre, Covington, or Harris, one of those three as a Bulls guy, Bulls team, I think it'd be a fair trade to get some future draft piece picks too. Uh, what do yeah, you think I about think those three teams? Yeah, I think I'm most interested in Levine going to the Heat just because their depth is just sorry right now. Um, and I feel like Hero or Hero is kind of an interesting trade piece. Like I think that makes sense from the Bulls' perspective to like get a younger player, let him be the star of his team. I think that's what he wants at this stage in his career and where he's going. Um, I think I'm most intrigued by the assets of the Lakers. Like, I think that the, the names that you mentioned, those look like good building blocks to kind of start this thing over. Um, I don't like the fit for the Sixers just for where Maxie's at and just the relationship that he's building with Joel and B. Like, I think that would be quite disruptive to put in Zach Levine because he's not really a two way player. And I think mm. for the Sixers, they need two way guys. Um, I think everybody needs two way guys. So I'm actually kind of curious to see what the actual trade market looks like for Zach Levine. And DeMar DeRozan, too. Like, I think DeMar DeRozan, we know who he is. Like, from a fantasy perspective, he's going to be that top 50 guy. But, like, he doesn't really raise just ceiling too much, right? Like, high floor guy, you know what you're going to get. Won't shoot threes. Plays somewhat defense, but, like, he's just a bucket. So, I don't know. I, I'm really curious about what the Bulls are going to do here because, I don't know. At this point, if I'm them, why not just ride it out? Like, I don't feel like you have to do a move. Um, They're not going to be, like, they're not going to win the championship. So, it's like, I don't know go for a good draft pick, I guess. But like, you know, better than I, is this draft class going to be really special? Like, I don't, I don't, I haven't heard that it is. This is definitely not going to no. be the Wemby, you know, <laughs> it's not going to be what it was last year. So I don't know if I'm a fantasy manager and I have Zach Levine, 
I probably would. I probably be okay with trading him. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, I don't see where you're going to, there's not much upside in trading for DeMar DeRozan. I think you're just kind of stuck with him. Um, I would be curious though, if Levine can get off this team, he can go like to the Lakers or the, or the heat. Like I think we can maybe see a little bit more offensive production, but they're probably all going to be more or less the same. So I don't, from a fancy perspective, I don't know how this really helps. I don't really think it helps anybody's situation much, to be honest. Um, I would just hope that he doesn't go to certain situations where people are thriving, like the Sixers and you added another 20 point mm-hmm. score. Well, that's going to disrupt the chemistry. Yeah, I think that's very possibility because Levine and DeRozan are only going to winning teams. Like they're not going to yeah. probably accept going anywhere like Charlotte or Washington uh, for the time being. Uh, Raphael, what do you think about those three? Where would you think Zach Levine or DeRozan lands? I mean, the Lakers one is interesting because it seems like people are believing in Cam Reddish again. And if we if we need to see more from Obi Toppin, I need to see more from Cam. Reddish. Like <laughs> he's played what. He's played well recently, but there's a a reason why he's a lottery pick who's been with, what, four different franchises now? Yeah. Like, come on now. (laughs) Let's see a bit more before we target him as a potential building block in Chicago. Um, The comparison to Washington, I know you don't like it, but I think it's fitting in that they got the timing all wrong. Like, to tank with this upcoming draft class – like two of the top guys are Matas Buzelis and Ron Holland. They just got finished getting beat by about 60 points uh, with G League Ignite. So I don't – maybe some guys that it, you know emerge like an Alex Sar out of France, but it's like if you wanted to tank, you should have pulled the plug last year um, because you had the generational talent there in Victor Wimbanyama. Um because they weren't really going anywhere. Like Chicago's like, all right, they may get into the playoffs, they may get into the play-in tournament. That's about their ceiling. Like they may nick a game or two in the first round of the playoffs, but you're not expecting them to advance. Um, like you guys mentioned, if those if those players get moved, they'll be moved to contenders or teams with hopes of contending. They're not going to go to a rebuilding team. And if they went to a rebuilding team, what are the chances of them putting getting put on the shelf, you know, in like March or something like that? where you lose out on fantasy value. So, yeah, I think you're not really going to get too much of a ceiling with any of those guys, a ceiling raised. Uh, the floor, maybe the floor falls out in the wrong situation, but I think that's the most you're going to get from any of those players. No, I think that was a, a pretty great breakdown in general. I'm really not going to argue with any of that as a Bulls fan, to be honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that was – yeah, hit the nail on the head. I, I am mad that we are tanking this year, but I think the tank just needs to start ASAP. I don't know where we finish. I just know that my under 35 and a half win total is cashing at him. Great. <laughs> it looking terrific. Uh, and, you know, maybe we get a 30 to one on the worst record in the NBA. But uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Adam, we've been talking about a man that goes by the nickname of Spicy P the past mm-hmm. few weeks because he has been a guy we've been like, I don't know what's going on, but it's not working out. But he just came out the last three games and said to all my haters, shut up. Uh, He's at 31, 17, 39. He is 0 for 12 from three. So our question to you is, is he back after his last three games? Oh, look, well, I think those who have got him rostered are feeling a little bit more better about themselves than they were a week ago. Um, Yeah, look, I think he he probably is. I mean, he's not. He's no stranger to to having periods where he struggles to shoot the ball, and so so this isn't unheard of. Uh, and even if you look at the games 
prior to, to those last three. Um, he had two really bad games, but prior to that, he, he scored in double figures in, in all five games. He had a 26-point game, a 20-point game. Um, you're never going to get a lot on the defensive end. He basically does never blocks a shot. Uh, he'll get some steals. He's not a big three-point sort of guy. So he is who he is. Um, the Raptors are another team. I mean, we could have a discussion about whether, speaking of teams that should tear it down, and the Raptors are another one that probably should go in that direction. Um, Scotty Barnes looks incredible. Uh, so I think they've got their centrepiece there, or, or, or at least a, a 1A. Uh, I'm not sure he could he could be a primary offensive weapon, but, but he's been good. Um, they have no depth, basically, which they haven't had for about four years. So, yeah, look, I think if, if, if you've got Siakam, you, you're pretty happy with what he's doing over the past week. And um, I'm, barring a trade, I mean, he was, he was sort of floated around in trade rumours coming into the season. Uh, there, were, there was sort of talk of him going to Atlanta at some point. Um, so I think that, that's probably still on the table. I think if, if a trade offer came along and they'd be willing to, to part ways with him. But for now, you just keep riding him and, and hope that he can maintain this production. Yeah, we've kind of been talking about the rise of Scotty Barnes and the kind of the decline of Spicy P in that offense so far. And yeah, I we agree. I think we all would agree that Toronto's a team that kind of needs to start looking towards the future and not right now. Uh, Raph, how do you feel about Spicy P? Because we've been talking about him for two straight weeks now. And last week's episode, if we cut the clips, much different than how we're talking about him today. Yeah, agreed. Um, he has been better, like you noted, with the numbers. Um, my question is how much of that has been because OG Ananobi's been out? Um, you know, Siakam's had a little bit more space to operate the way that he can, that he's most comfortable operating. And I think that's why the poor three-point shooting hasn't been as much of an issue recently for him. Um, yeah, I, I think he's someone that I don't know if he's going to get to the heights that we kind of thought he, he should be playing at, like maybe even a top 30 type player. But I think he can be a top 50 player. Um, it's not reaching his ADP, but that's adequate. Um, will he be traded? I don't know. It felt like some of the teams that came up in the rumors wanted an extension since he'll be a free agent next summer. But it's like he didn't want to do that, and you don't blame him because he's probably going to be in line for a substantial payday. So you don't want to pass that, that opportunity. So. Yeah, I'm with Adam. Like they, they need to kind of just not necessarily burn it down, but like some of the furniture needs to be removed from the home so they can kind of you know refresh some things. And I think build around Scotty Barnes. I like that. I've taken a little bit of that into my life, and I think I would, that's, that's a healthy <laughs> thing to do, Raph. I like it. Mm -hmm. uh, Dan, what do you think about it? Because like we said, uh, now that OG's out, Siakam's had more move, had more room to move around. 65 field goal attempts in his last three games. Yeah, I think it's um, <clears throat> I think it's actually exactly what Raf said and uh, OG Ananobi being out. I was looking at the numbers and like over the last three years or pretty much since Kawhi Leonard left, Pascal Siakam had the most frequency of isolation plays. And this year he's like not even tracking towards it. Um, the Toronto Raptors, because their system is so fluid and moving the ball, um, they're bottom 10 in isolation plays. So like the fact that he's getting the ball in space now, he's back to his old spicy P and I'd say the buy low windows probably it's probably closed, but at the same time, like I, I feel like he's been so frustrating early on the season, fantasy manager are probably willing to trade him. So 
I don't know. Like, he's kind of a guy I don't really want to target anymore because of I'm scared of what he's going to look like when OG is actually back. And OG is going to be back pretty shortly. Like, he's got a finger laceration. I think he did it in doing some chores or something in his house. Kind of bizarre. But, um, yeah, I, I got to feel like there's a, there's a reason to be concerned about Pascal Siakam and where you got him in drafts relative to how he's performing. Like, I don't, I don't think we're going to see this version of him for the rest of the season, which is why you have right to panic a little bit. Yeah, you got to be careful, Dan. Those Roombas, they'll get you. You're not looking. Uh, let's talk about a couple injuries, Adam. You can cover whoever you'd like because there's names like Devin Booker, Bradley Bill, Nick Claxton, I mean, Trey Young, Marcus Smart, all these guys dealing with injuries, whether they're coming back or missing a week or two. Uh, who have you been looking at and whether that's because there's some ads on the waiver wire or guys you no longer want on your team? Yeah, I'm just pulling out one of my rosters because I know – I know I have a roster that the injuries have just torn me apart this season. Uh, Beal and Booker are both back tonight, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the, the Suns have got all three playing. So we'll, we'll see we'll see how long that lasts. Um, uh, okay, so my so I've got a roster uh, that has OG Ananobi. His injury is only short term. He's going to be back soon. Darius Garland. Uh, for me, Oof. has been pretty frustrating. Mm-hmm. Markel Fultz, Marcus Smart, Anthony Simons. Uh, I have all of those on a roster. Wow. Trey Young, Trey Young, he's back tonight as well. So he yeah. was personal. I don't know what the reason was, but um, get a baby. Fultz, yeah. Fultz has been a frustrating one uh, for me because I was pretty high on him coming into the season, and and this there was no injury on on the record that that he was dealing with, but this knee thing seems to be pretty persistent. Uh, he's missed, I, I want to say five or six games now because of it. Uh, he came back, and and now he's out again. Mm-hmm. So. It is worrying when that happens, when when someone misses time, comes back, misses more time. Um, we saw, we've seen this in the past where guys end up missing a month, two months. I hope that's not the case. Um, there isn't really anyone that I'd be adding um, with Marco Fultz out, but uh, Jalen Suggs has been really good. Uh, so, yeah, look, I think it seems like a lot of guards are getting injured. Um, not, not many big men. Uh, Claxton, as you said, he he was injured, but it was a specific injury. It was a high ankle sprain, uh, and I think he returned probably quicker than some yeah. of us thought. Um, there was mm-hmm. there was sort of word coming out of Brooklyn that this was going to be a month long injury or six weeks, and and he was back within three, two or three. So, um, yeah, look, injuries are always are always happening, and and I mean, like like me, I guess a few you guys have got a few fantasy teams, so you do send, tend to cop it a bit more. Um, because you're going to have one team that's got multiple injuries. I've got another squad that hasn't had an injury all season. So it, it is a bit hit or miss. And, and at this point in the in the season, I mean, you guys probably get messages as well regarding injuries and should I drop this guy? Do I need to trade him? People panic uh, in the first month all the time. So just try to work your way through the injuries. Um, stream away if you can. But, yeah, it's, it's part and parcel of the NBA. And, and I think... For me, teams are starting to get a little bit smarter with how they're managing soft tissue injuries. That's been a bit of an issue, especially with guys like Malcolm Brogdon, Devin Booker, mm-hmm. um, guys that do their hamstrings and their groins all the time and they come back within a week. Over here in Australia, playing football or basketball, if you do a hamstring, you're basically out for a month. It, it, it doesn't matter on the severity of it. It's at least a month. So I think teams are getting a little bit smarter, but in turn, that reflects... Uh, in fantasy, you, you have guys that miss 
significant time rather than just a week. So, um, yeah, the injuries, it's part of fantasy. Yeah, we've seen a large uh, a large change in whether how the NBA treats players, whether they get in day offs, rest, whether they can or cannot, and just the timetable. But I agree with a lot of that, especially you can work your way through injuries in the NBA fantasy because that is a long season uh, in football. You might have to chalk it up after a month. I had a team had four injuries, start off 0-4. I renamed that team Delete League uh, because <laughs> I was done. We were chalked. Uh, Dan, Anybody that you want to hit on there? I did like the Nick Claxton shout-out from Adam because Claxton had 10 points, 13 rebounds, and then eight points and six rebounds in his first two games back, only 20 and 21 minutes, but we'd expect that to increase. Yeah, I guess sticking with Brooklyn, I'm concerned about Ben Simmons. Not really surprised, to be honest. I I talked about it for weeks beforehand that y'all need to sell that before it actually happens, and now he's got a a nerve issue with his back. so I don't know. It sounds like it could be short term, like his agent is saying. Of course, the agent's going to spin it the most positive you know, message that he can. Um, that's going to be short term. But I don't know if I'm believing it. So hopefully you're able to sell and get some value out of it, because I, I think this is going to be a, an issue that we're going to c- continue to see for Ben Simmons. But um, the player I'm most concerned about, at least from my perspective of my, my breakouts and people I expected a lot more out of was Jaden McDaniels. And not because he just got tossed out of last game, but... <laughs> I just felt like, you know, coming out, he got the contract extension. Um, last season, he was a top 100 player, like easily having this upside of like, if he can take that offensive leap, he could be a really good fantasy player beyond what he already was. He's already efficient. He could shoot threes. And he's really good at stocks. The problem is he's not getting any stocks. So right now he's sitting, you know, in the top one. He's not even top 150 right now. So I've gotten some questions about whether you should drop him and, I've been trying to hold him as much as I, I can, but like I think I'm reaching the point where I'm like, he's just so far down in the pecking order in terms of offense and isn't really doing anything else el- elsewhere that like you got to move on. And I think fantasy managers are starting to do that. He's down to 59% rostered right now. So I think I'm ready to cut bait. Um, similarly, I know Kingy mentioned Markel Fultz. I'm worried about him too, man. That knee swelling up is not a good thing. And if you don't have an IL spot available on some of your teams, like I have in one, I, I had to drop him and, these are the decisions that you have to make. There's going to be players that are going to be productive in the short term and maybe those for the long term. But, you know, you got to make those those hard decisions sometimes. And I think anytime there's a knee swelling up, that sounds like it's going to be an issue that's going to be plaguing you for a while. So I'd be moving on for Marco Fultz, unfortunately. Yeah, Fultz, another guy that's been injury riddled for the majority of his career. I do think uh, we'll give McDaniels a pass for now, but I do agree that he's mostly a defensive guy. I wouldn't really want him in fantasy because you're asking for him to take a leap that – he may not be ready for at 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Raphael, I, I want to ask you, because we've talked a lot about the Bucks, and, uh, you know, Jay Crowder, now he's out for eight weeks. We guys got, mm-hmm. got guys like Pat Connington, Marjan Duchamp. But uh, another question outside of those two, whether we should pick them up, when can we expect Chris Middleton to take that fantasy leap and start being an impact player? That's a good question. Um He's kind of at the mercy of their training staff because I think he's played a max of like 20 minutes in any game this season. And that minutes limit doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. So, look, it, we all know what it is with the Bucs. Um, they're, they're aiming towards April, May, and hopefully June for them. Um, what happens in November, they really couldn't care less about. I think they're six and four. So as much as – as they've seemed to have been scuffling a bit, they're still over 500. They're not too far off the pace in the East. 
So it's not an insurmountable gap for them to close, you know, with the teams that they're supposed to be at the top of the conference with. Um, Middleton, I think I would be trying to trade him. Uh, you, you're selling other managers on the, the hope that he will be back to full minutes at some point. I don't know about really soon, but you maybe like before the turn of the year to 2024, you can get back to taking on a full workload. And, and you try to move him there because – and we talked about this during the preseason. Even if he's healthy, that's not a great spot for him offensively. You've got Giannis, you've got Dame Middleton, uh, you got Dame Lillard, excuse me. Um, you know, Robert Brooke Lopez is going to get his opportunities. He's not going to be a marquee scorer or anything, obviously, but Chris is going to be third in a pecking order and behind two really high usage guys. So that's going to be a tough spot for him, even when he's able to play full minutes. So if you have him, try to move him. I didn't draft him for this very reason. Yeah, and we said that too in our draft episode and after that, like stay away from Chris Middleton. Let the people that you grew up with in your hometown <laughs> leagues go and get him and then laugh at them later. Uh, <laughs> we're starting to do that. We've been playing unders on his points, rebounds, assists, and it's been working out uh, for us. Adam, I want to make a hot take here because I usually give him the Raphael, and I know he doesn't want him as much today. I could tell. He's like, keep the energy <laughs> over there, bro. Um <laughs> Let me ask you this. The Grizzlies are in turmoil, okay? Two and nine through 11 games. Of course, they got injuries to Smart, Kennard, Xavier Tillman supposed to come back. If he hasn't returned he, already, but yeah, okay. He's okay. so supposed night. to come back. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So if John Morant played, we all agree they wouldn't be two and nine. Is John Morant, if they turn the season around, have a great year, are we talking MVP type season? No. <laughs> Uh, no, um, yeah, well, look, I've had this discussion twice on my show. Um, I had uh, Noel Rubin on my show probably three weeks ago, and I said it was very early. I think the Grizzlies were zero and three, maybe, or and and I sort of said, "Are we worried here that the Grizzlies are going to? Uh, could they tank? Like, what what does their season look like moving forward?" And I think we were both of the opinion that it's probably not in their DNA to tank. It doesn't feel like a Memphis kind of thing. They're now two and nine. If when Jar comes back, they're five and 20, six and 19, it's pretty hard to come back from that, um, especially in the West. The West is loaded. So for me, Stephen Adams is, the, is, a, is a huge loss for them. Uh, they run a lot through him. He, he provides um, a lot of stability on the defensive end. Um, Brandon Clark is also out for the season. So they don't really have a centre at the moment. Tillman is undersized. Mm. Bismarck Biombo is starting, and he wasn't even in the league two weeks ago. So I think <laughs> they're in trouble. Um, and Marcus Smart, I didn't see his injury last night, but he had to be helped off the court. So I'm yeah. assuming it was a, it was a decently it was bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. So so he's probably going to miss a month here if it's, if it's a bad one. Um, so they have no guard depth now. They have Desmond Bain and... and that's it. Uh, so I'm a bit worried about them. And so I think when Jar comes back, they will be better. But I worry that if they're only 5 and 20 and then he comes back and plays five games and they only win one of them, would they look at taking it easy on him and and Desmond Bain and, and they'll go a little bit down that path that the Spurs did last season where they'll rest some guys and, and look to get a high draft pick and then next season just come in fully healthy. So... Yeah, I don't think Ja Morant will, will be MVP or, or can put up an MVP caliber season. And and in terms of fantasy, he, he's only he's he has his issues in terms of fantasy. He, he always has. 
So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the Grizzlies and where their season goes to. Yeah, no, uh, high turnover guy for sure. So I'm sure he's definitely given people a lot of uh, head scratching frustration and fantasy and not a great three-point shooter too. But, I mean, thanks for burning me, Adam. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I was looking for some value, but we're not going to find it here today. But maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe maybe the other guys disagree with me. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I don't no think, you're right. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I could see it on their faces. I could hear it in their voices. Uh, you can you can see it on my face, Adam. But it's okay. It's okay. Uh, we're going to turn the page. Before we get into the week four schedule, whether target teams on back-to-backs and who to get in the waiver wires because of it, make sure you guys check out Big Ten Basketball on Peacock. Uh, you can stream basketball live on Peacock Friday nights. It's Penn State hosting the party, undefeated Indy Lions, taking on Moorhead State. Stream live November 17th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern, exclusively on Peacock. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. I was just in Happy Valley on Saturday to watch my Michigan Wolverines lay the smack down on them in Beaver, and I'll be back up there at Michigan. Don't shake your head, Raphael. Yeah, <laughs> Michigan all the way, baby. We're going. Yeah, they're, they're the, they sure are the victims these days. Oh, no, we're, we're the villains. We want to be the villains now. I'm mad Harbaugh said he wants to be America's team. What is that about? Oh, yeah, I'm not rooting for him. Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for you to be the bad guy. Be the bad guy. All right. So uh, let's be some bad guys here. Let's talk about some teams that have three games this week who are going to be good bets to pick up in fantasy, but also good bets for me to fade in actual uh, life. Dan, break down the scheduling. Who do you like on uh, back-to-backs or three-game schedules? Yeah, I think that the the team that I've been eyeing the most is the Knicks. it's really hinged on whether RJ Barrett's going to play. He's been listed as questionable tonight. Um, but they do have a Friday, Saturday back to back, lighter slates. Uh, well, Saturday's definitely a lighter slate than Friday. But I think you might actually be able to get some usage out of Josh Hart if RJ Barrett is out. So if he's out there, probably is. Um, I think he could be a good source of rebound steals, maybe a couple, maybe one or two threes, depending on how he's feeling that day. Um, but the other team that I think is interesting is also, well, looking forward to next week, in wake of Marcus Smart's injury, uh, Jacob Gilliard is the guy that I would probably pick up for, for Memphis. I honestly didn't know who he was until he started getting minutes. 
And I was like, wow, this guy's actually producing. Um, he's only 3% rostered in Yahoo League, so you can definitely jump the gun on this and uh, get ahead of your league mates by picking him up because I, it, I think the way that that Marcus Smart injury looked, um, he's going to be out for at least a couple of weeks, if not more. Um, and with so much, I mean, there's like nobody in the front court. There's nobody in the back court. This is Desmond Bain's team and Josh and, and uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And then everybody else. So um, instead of going for somebody like Biombo, now that Xavier Tillman's out, I would definitely look at, at Gilliard. Um, there's a bunch of teams that have three games. So like it's more about, you know, whether you can target these guys on the Saturday and Thursday slates because there aren't that many games on those days. So you can actually get some production out of them. But uh, with so many games on Wednesday and, and Friday, like it's kind of hard. You just got to look. I would recommend going to hashtag basketball. They have a schedule grid you can look up. And I know Raph is always good about getting out the scheduling information to fantasy to fantasy people um, on Sundays so, for the look ahead. So, um, yeah, if you need a tool, go to hashtag basketball. It's awesome for that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I love the Jacob Gillier. Last week we had Bismack Biamba. Raphael brought that in. He was a hit. He's been smacking. And now we got Jacob Gilliard. And he sounded familiar. I'm not going to lie. I haven't watched him in the NBA. And as soon as Richmond. I pulled up his stats from college, Richmond. I was yeah. like, yeah. Richmond's I was right. like, that's right. He was a double-digit scorer for five years. He was their leading assist guy for a couple. I'm like, yeah, okay. So, yeah, he's a vet. Uh, he's a young vet, 25 years. But, he, you know, he's had a lot of experience handling the rock. So, Raphael, who are you looking at? You rocking with Gilliard as well and uh, any other guys? Yeah, Gilliard's a good choice. Another Grizzly I would consider would be uh, David Roddy. Um, played good minutes off the bench last night in that loss to the Lakers. No Marcus Smart. Luke Kennard um, was pulled at, at halftime because of knee soreness. Um, so you've got two more rotation guys who are going to be down. But who else is going to play? You know, it's the unfortunate thing about you know the Grizzlies right now. It's like they don't have too many guys because of all the injuries. And another player I would throw in there, 20% rostered Yahoo, Jaime Hawkins Jr. Uh, Miami's one of those teams that plays on Thursday, you know, as Dan mentioned. I, I think they're going to have a hell of a time limiting his minutes moving forward just because of everything he brings to the table. He's just a winning player. Like, he does all the little things. He shot the ball relatively well. I think he's going to be a guy – he will be a, a clear building block for that franchise for years to come, I think. Um, so 20% rostered, he's someone else that I would definitely look into to picking up because the Heat have – they only have two more games this week, but as much as he's been playing along with – you want to throw a Duncan Robinson in there if you need three-pointers, why not? Yeah, no, I I like those takes a lot too. I was going to mention uh, Jaime Jaquez earlier as a trade target in the – the, for the Bulls to get as a future piece. Uh, no but instead, I mentioned, Cam, instead <laughs> I mentioned Cam Reddish and got made fun of. So, yeah, we'll see you know, how great that worked out for me. Um, Adam, there's some interesting names that these guys mentioned for sure. Uh, you know, Portland is another team like Memphis who has had a lot of injury problems. They're bringing a lot of guys who are two-way players or working on contracts. Uh, I recently just bet them in cash because Matisse Tybel's out here banging threes at the buzzer for me. Isn't that crazy? Uh, Adam, <laughs> any guys on these type of teams you're looking at picking up because, uh, you know, they're going to be playing minutes because they have to. There's no there's no reason not to. Yeah, look, I, yeah, as you said, Portland are a team very similar to uh, Memphis who are pretty thin in their guard ranks at the moment. Um, Skylar Mays is someone that's been playing big minutes. He, yes. He's probably been picked up in a lot of leagues, but but he is still floating around. Um, 
So he'd be worth a look. Uh, back onto the the Heat, I like Hayward Highsmith. He's been pretty good. Um, he had one bad game there. I just pulled up his numbers actually. So yeah, he had he had one um, one really bad game. But either side of that, he's had uh, three games of at least twenty seven minutes. Um, he had five steals and two blocks yesterday. So yeah, look, they're, they're looking for anyone at the moment, as you said. Hakwes is is there. Uh, so I like Haysmith. Going back to uh, Memphis, it's not going to happen, but I'd love to see Kenny Lofton out there. Um, right? Because mm-hmm. we know... Give it a go. Like, why yeah, not? Like, he, he'll at least... Shoot, he's going to do stuff if he's out there. So I don't think it's going to happen, but maybe it gets to that point where they just have to run him out there. And if they do, then I would certainly... If he starts or if, even playing 25 minutes, I'd go and give him a look because he puts up numbers in a hurry. Um, but no, I like all the names that have been mentioned. Um, Cam Reddish, look, I mean, bag you as much as we did about Cam Reddish. He's playing well. He's starting. Yeah. He's playing good minutes. If you only need defensive stuff and then everything else is a bonus, I'm okay with giving Reddish a look. Yeah. To, to be clear, the only thing we were laughing about was the building block portion <laughs> of the statement. Well, right. That's it. But he... he as Adam said, he is, he has been playing good basketball. Uh, Darvin Ham said over the weekend, him starting is the status quo for that team right now. So that's all the more reason to kind of go grab Cam Reddish where possible. Um, let me bring up their schedule really quick. The Lakers play three more games this week too. So you got Sacramento at Portland on Friday, which could be a bit of a um, a fiesta, I guess you would say, in terms of you know some of those. Fringe players may be going off. No, like if the Lakers blow them out the first three quarters, that could mean extra time for a guy like Reddish, you know, while LeBron and AD sit. So, yeah, three more games this week. That's all the more reason to kind of grab him. But, yeah, I was just laughing about the fact that you saw him as a potential building block, not the uh, fact I mean, that like, he's, a, he's I, a good player and he's playing well. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he could be really good offensively. I'll never trust him on defense. But uh, if you think that he was funny – I mean, Dan would have might have been in tears if I would have mentioned the guy on the Sixers. I wouldn't mind having on the roster for two or three years. Um, should I just say, good, Dan? Try yeah. and guess who I would say. It's just, it sounds ridiculous now that I, I'm going to think about it. He's is he on the Sixers currently? Yes. Uh, ooh, man. <laughs> Don't tell me Furkan Korkmaz. No. Oh, man, okay, they no. <laughs> still have that bad. Okay. Uh, Jaden Springer. No. I feel bad. like he needs to be freed, man. Like, I want to see what he can do. Um, no, this man needs Paul freed. Reed. Paul Reed? No. Paul Reed? No. Paul Reed's actually not a bad name, but no. We want the guy that's even behind Paul Reed. Uh, we want Mo? to take a shot and give 15 Mo minutes Bamba? to Mo Bamba. Oh, oh hell no. No, no. Yes. <laughs> no. Nobody no. gives this man a chance. Bro, I just get, I just get my last <laughs> rankings, man, and I like – there's all the people that got injured, and then there's like all those other guys. Mo Bamba's yeah. in that – you know, that tier of 248, 247 range of like, you're never getting burned. We've seen this movie before. Nah, <laughs> nah. Yeah, I was just like, no one will play him, Adam. I mean, you you look disgusted. Uh, <laughs> Mo Bamba's a guy that's just, no, you're you on your team. It's for a reason. No, I don't. I, I did have him on my team a couple of years ago. There was a, a short period there where he was playing big minutes for the Magic, and, mm-hmm. and I remember he had a game of like eight three-pointers and five blocks, and I, I thought all my Christmases had come at once, but then he vanished. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, look, I mean, the fact he's not even being spoken about 
despite injuries. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's a spent force in the NBA. Um, at least at least playing on a contending team, which the Sixers are. Yeah, yeah going back um, to the the because he was on the Magic, it just makes me think of something real quick. One last waiver ad, actually a couple. Um, being that Fultz is kind of looking sketchy. Cole Anthony's still well under 50% rostered. Yeah. Might as well give him a stream. Um, also, Mo Wagner is only like 35% rostered, and I think he's better than Goga Bataze. Yeah. Um, so at this point, I feel like the way Mo Wagner's playing, even though he's coming off the bench, like he's been useful for fantasy purposes. And the Magic have three games to close out this week, and then they have four next week. So you can actually get a lot of production out of the Orlando Magic players and, and take advantage of those injuries um, in their front court and back court. But yeah, Mo Bamba sucks. <laughs> the song Mo Bamba better than oh, the player, way better actually. than the human. Yeah, no, not the human, the basketball player. The basketball, the basketball player. player. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, Penn State. That was their that was their third down song, their fourth down song, their kickoff song, and their punt song. And I was like, Jesus, man. <laughs> Uh, but all right, uh, wrapping up the episode, Adam, Raphael, any other guys you guys want to mention, uh, whether picking up before we end the show? No, I, I think we've hit on just about everything. Just for me, I don't know if, if Adam's got anyone else. Uh, no, I'm just sort of flicking through here. I mean, I guess there's a couple of Pelicans guys if, if they are available. Jordan Hawkins, Jordan Hawkins, yeah. Off, um, mm-hmm. The last few Jordan Hawkins or Dyson Daniels? Well, both. I, I think both <laughs> yeah. are worth probably yeah. a look. Um, they they do very different things, but right. uh, they're getting minutes. CJ McCollum probably isn't coming back anytime soon. Um, Zion feels like he's five minutes away from his next injury, as does Ingram. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like a couple of guys there in New Orleans. Um, but no, I think I think we covered. I think we covered everyone. Um, Detroit probably have a couple of interesting guys there as well. That's, they're starting to get their guards back now. Um, and I'll just say I've got a Zar Thompson on four of my teams, and I'm loving it. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is a this is a Zar Thompson podcast. So yes. Yes. Very good. Literally, yeah, we all have future stock in him some way or another, whether it's uh, our rants or predictions or money. So, yeah, we like a Zar Thompson. But Adam, we definitely appreciate you coming on today because we know it's what seven something in the morning there now. Yeah. Uh, overseas. Yeah. You really put in work today. Of course, make sure everyone follows Adam King of FBI Basketball. Uh, I'll point out, we didn't, I thought the 91 was the year you were born, not because you're a Dennis Rodman fan. You're a young looking guy, Adam. Don't let anyone tell you different. Not Dan or Raphael. No, uh, it's but- yeah, it's definitely not my the year I was born. I was in high school by then. Um, <laughs> so, but but just quickly going back to Boston. When I was in Boston, we went to the team store, and uh, both Alex and the guy that I was traveling with pulled me aside and said, "Have you seen these?" And I, and I went over and had a look. So I ended up buying a Blake Griffin jersey, a Celtics Blake Griffin jersey, an authentic one. So it had the the little logo mm-hmm. patch thing on it. So I think they're pretty expensive normally. But it was twenty dollars um, because he doesn't play there anymore. But he's number ninety one, so that's why I bought it because he was yeah. number ninety one. <laughs> did you ever? Well, did you ever find out why he was number ninety one on the Boston Celtics? No, I didn't actually. I didn't look into it. Hmm. But okay. yeah. <laughs> so, no, I'd be very curious. It's a very interesting number to choose outside of it Dennis is. Rodman. But yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it. Maybe it's Dennis. Rod- maybe he yeah. he liked Dennis Rodman as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Blake Griffin definitely didn't have the Dennis Rodman defense in him at all during his career. <laughs> any of the teams he played for. Yeah. Uh, but we're a fan of that. Next time you come on the show, Adam, please wear the Blake Griffin jersey. Uh, we would love to see that for sure. 
but great takes that. all around from Raphael Johnson of NBC, Dan Titus of Yahoo Sports, Adam King FBI Basketball. I didn't have any good takes today, so don't <laughs> listen to me. Listen to these guys when it comes to video players. I'm just trying to be the Bulls general manager. I feel like I'm doing a pretty good job so far. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next week. Enjoy. This is Roto World Basketball Show. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.